0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm joined by the 49ers bilingual senior producer, Serena Soriano. Sar, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. To start off, what are your responsibilities as 49ers bilingual senior producer?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually part of a team of four men, and we are part of 49ers Studios. So we film and edit everything that you see on the 49ers social media channels. So we are basically an in-house production team for the 49ers, the team, as well as the business side, which includes, but obviously is not limited to, 49ers EDU, uh, creating content for our sales team, as well as uh, community relations events
0: going backwards a little bit, you graduated with a degree in communications and media studies. When you stepped onto campus for the first time, did
1: you know this is what you wanted to do? It's so funny. I mean, ever since I can remember, I actually loved watching football with my family every Sunday. And one of the people that I saw on the sidelines growing up was Michelle Dafoya. That's actually the same maiden name or is this is the same last name as my grandmother. It, that's her maiden name is Dafoya. So ever since I was little, I thought I wanted to be a sports reporter. It was honestly the only thing that I saw on TV that girls did in, in the NFL and in sports in general. So in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally want to work for sports and I want to be a sports reporter. I've always loved cameras, though, as well. Like in high school, I used to film my brother and my cousins and I uh, dancing and creating our our own music videos to artists like Kesha. And in college, I continued my love for cameras by editing our basketball highlights that we put on our YouTube channel in college. And it's just so crazy to me, like my journey, like I can't believe I made it in sports, but Over time, like my dream changed a little bit. And now I get to film these NFL players and share their stories. And it's honestly just a dream come true.
0: One, do you have any of those music videos still?
1: (laughs) I actually do not. Oh, they were on my YouTube (laughs) channel as a kid. And I can't find them anymore. But my family, like, we would make my parents sit in the living room and we'd watch it. I'd make my friends in high school laugh at us. So it was just. (laughs) I've always loved cameras, and it's just so crazy where I'm at now.
0: On that love of cameras, you have brought in some new features to Studio since you got there. Um, the one I'm thinking of recently is the motion of what's like a static photo almost, but then it kind of moves that was on some of the Faithful to the Bay and the Jersey reveal um, oh, yeah. marketing. Yep. How much of your job is staying current with cameras or finding ways to be innovative, especially because as we were talking about before this podcast, we definitely get into the grind of the season and there isn't a lot of free time to explore that.
1: Oh, man. I mean, obviously, like in my field, it's super important to stay on top of the newest technology and cameras. And it's just crazy, too, to see like how social media has changed, you know, over the years. Like now, you know, on Twitter and Instagram, like for highlights, you know, it's it's like short videos. You have to know that your audience has a shorter attention span. But maybe like different, longer format videos work on like YouTube and, and whatnot. So it's super important just to to know the trends and, and the technology. And um even at Fortnite Studios, like we're always upgrading. Um we're a Sony family and we're super excited actually to get our new area cameras that Hopefully you're coming soon.
0: You first joined the team as a Denise Debartold York Fellow. Can you explain what that is because I feel like it's a really under the radar program?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's actually the program that changed like my life and my career. The Denise Debartold York Fellowship is tailored to recent female college graduates. And what they do is they place these young women in different departments that are underrepresented uh, by women. Uh, during my time, it's a whole year program, and they had put me actually in six different ones that were male dominated. So I was in sales, I was in finance, I was in business analytics, uh, 49er Studios was one of those stops, stadium operations, and it, it was honestly so crazy to be placed in these departments for just three months at a time and to fully understand a business model of a professional NFL organization. And during my time in 49er studios is where I realized I was like, wow, I, this is the, the department that, that I need to be in. Like, how am I going to leverage myself and, and make sure that I, I get into this business? Cause it's something that I absolutely love doing was was my time in 49ers studios, getting to film players and and edit content for our social media channels.
0: Placing women in underrepresented departments, you had mentioned that you are the only woman in your department, and I think you were the first female producer for the 49ers ever. What do you say to people I know a lot of people want your job. I don't think that's up for debate. What do you say to women who maybe are hesitant to get into a field or to get into producing, especially when it is so male-dominated?
1: You know, I don't know if it's, it's uh, females being hesitant because I have seen on, you know, Instagram and Twitter, um, I've seen so many talented female videographers and I just think, especially when I started, it just wasn't something that you thought you could do. I saw a woman like on my TV and she was doing sports casting. So I was like, okay, that's the only avenue that I can do, you know, to get into this business. But that's not true. I think hopefully when more women see women holding cameras and and editing, that's where I think it's like, more women are going to want to come into this field. But right now it is very few. I, I was the first female producer and Latina for 49 ers studios. So I don't take that title lightly. And I, and I hope my main goal is to really encourage women to get into the sport. I read an article actually last, maybe like two weekends ago, and it's just crazy. 33% of women hold Administrative jobs in the NFL, and only seven percent of those women are minorities, are you know black and brown women. And I was super discouraged to hear that because obviously, like seven percent, wow. And I, I know I should be thankful that the trend is is going up for women in this business, but what I really want to do is try my hardest, you know, to bring more people that look like me into into the business.
0: And I think. What's nice about the 49ers, we had a DEI call, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion call yesterday about how the 49ers are working to be more transparent in the demographics of our organization, but also in hiring practices to make sure that we are being more equitable across the mm-hmm. entire department. As someone who is a voice in that have you seen any improvements in the time that you've been here or in talking to HR about how that process is going?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because this year, we, or maybe it was last year actually, they just started ERG groups in our company and LEAD is the Latinx group that I'm currently a part of. And it's just amazing that HR has that resource now for – latinx people in our company to to attend and be a part of in regards to women i think the 49ers are you know at the top of of the nfl and making sure that we're included as well as we have our own um, women's group that you can be a part of so i do think that the nfl in general is trending upwards in involving women and hiring them and whatnot, but I'm just the type of person to always, you know, wanna strive for the best we can be. And and I won't stop till, you know, that 7% is is a lot higher.
0: And I think that's the correct attitude. It's why people love talking to you about this. I want to go back to your rotations because I'm very curious. I thought there were three. So now that there's six, I'm really excited. You had the moment like, I want to do this. Did you have any moments that were, I really don't want to do this?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a, oh man, that's a funny question. I think that it's just so competitive to get into this business that, you know, as like a fellow and I'm only here for three months. I was like, I will do whatever. I just love. I just love being here. Um, but obviously, it's not always glamorous. It's definite, definitely a very physical job. You know, you're on your feet for hours at a time. You have like a thirty pound camera on your shoulder, and it's it's not easy at all to do this job. But it's it's so worth it, and it's what I love to do, and ultimately why I, I chose to pursue it.
0: My answer would have been sales. I don't think I could have cut it. I don't know how you did it.
1: <laughs> you know what? Finance and business analytics were super hard, but that's only because I'm not really a math person. I'm more on the creative side, but all of my rotations, everyone in the areas was, was super nice. And I'm so thankful that they took the time, you know, out of their days, their really busy days to, to show me what it is that they do to make this company successful.
0: Now, as someone who works solely in studios, do you have a favorite part of your job?
1: I think my favorite part of my job is one, being able to create and share stories um, that our players have, and then two, being able to share these experiences with my family, my whole family lives in San Jose, like my grand both sets of grandparents, my aunts and uncles, mom and dad, uh, brother, and we've been diehard Niner fans like since I was born. Like my dad's even said his favorite year was nineteen ninety four because I was born and that was also the year that the Niners won a Super Bowl. So it's it's super special like getting to share these moments with them and, and being part of the team and whatnot.
0: When we went to Miami, were they a part of the traveling party?
1: Yes, I was able to get my mom, dad and brother out here. Um, You know, you you ride with who you came with and they've always supported my dreams. So I tried my best to get them out there and they had the best of time, even though we lost, you know, but like it was just so crazy what Jed York and his family did for everyone and, and making them, you know, being able to go on the team plane and and just tickets, it was it was a dream come true for them.
0: In, I don't know, a week, two weeks, coming up probably quicker than we're ready for is our home opener at Levi's, 49ers Packers. What is your game day routine? When do you have to be at the stadium? When can you go home? Any superstitions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so my team starts pretty early. We arrive six hours before kickoff. And during that time, we're setting up cameras. We're putting all of our gear on a cart so that we can take to our home base, which is near the players' tunnel. Um, we're miking up pads. We're putting up GoPros in Spanish and English radio booths. Um, we're filming the guys arriving. We're editing arrival videos. Uh, once the guys are on the field, you know, we're we're filming all their pregame speeches. We're cutting the pregame speech literally in five minutes so that our social team can have that. We're filming game highlights, mic- mic'd up people, um, cutaways. And then afterwards, we're packing that all up, tearing things down. We're filming pressers, getting that out to the world. So it's a super long day, but it's so fun.
0: Do you have any sideline memories that like stick out to either being like, Wow, this is happening or something that was just surreal.
1: Oh man, I mean, I got to I got to mention Super Bowl, like the first time that I got to set my feet like on the field like hours before Super Bowl when everything was quiet and just like looking at an empty stadium and and what the result could be, like I just felt like that was the pinnacle of like my young career so far was was truly being like wow i'm I'm on a Super Bowl field about to do something that I love with the team that I grew up loving, like seriously, like the most surreal moment that I could think of
0: when you're on the sidelines, how paranoid are you that you're gonna get run over by a player?
1: Oh man um in this with this job, you have to keep your head on a swivel, <laughs> not just on game <laughs> days but like during practice too, because. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of small. And obviously, the camera is really heavy. So it's like, if they take me out, like I'm, I'm really going down with this camera. So I am constantly <laughs> like moving my head, making sure that I am in the places that I need to be and, and not in their way at all.
0: <laughs> moving from behind the camera to in front of the camera, sort of, you have spearheaded the 49ers Spanish language content, both getting it off the ground, filming it, hosting it, editing it. <laughs> Today, we have a game day radio feed, two studio shows, one of which you host. How did all of that come about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy, honestly, like when you like lay it out like that. It's a lot. I think so too. But um yeah, I've, I've done this ever since I was an associate producer back in, in 2017, really like getting Spanish radio up off the ground and hiring two really great people that, that have helped it, like obviously shaped it to, to what it is today. Um, so Spanish radio, I've, I've been trying to create just content for our Spanish, our Spanish page on 49ers.com and Like, I mean, I feel like you've said it, like just from editing to filming it to even hosting our Los 49ers show with our Spanish broadcasters. um, I'm constantly looking for ways that we can incorporate like Spanish into our content. So I'm, I'm just super proud that me, that myself was just able to accomplish all of that.
0: I went back to the press release that announced the launch Mm -hmm. and I found a quote from you and it says, (laughs) growing up as a 49ers fan in Eastside San Jose, I have a strong appreciation for what this content will mean to so many members of the faithful who are hungry to experience the drama of 49ers football in their native language. We are committed to delivering Spanish language coverage of the 49ers that will bring that audience closer to the team than they've ever felt before.
1: Wow. That sounds smart.
0: Very well put. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Teams don't have to create content in another language. Many teams don't. With the success of all the shows and the broadcast, do you ever get to sit back and kind of look at the accomplishment and the significance of what you
1: created? I'm doing it like right now and it's exactly like how I put it four or five years ago. This is for the fans and living in in California, like we have a huge Latinx fan base as well as in Mexico. So I hope that they really enjoy that this content because just having it in your native language just makes you feel so much closer to a team, I feel like. And for my family too, it makes them feel that that they matter that their voices are they're heard you know what I mean and I just think of like this quote from one of my favorite female athletes Naomi Osaka and it's I would like to thank my ancestors because every time I remember their blood runs through my veins I'm reminded that I cannot lose and I come from a super proud culture so I really hope that I'm doing the Latinx people who who love the 49ers justice by providing them this content. And I only hope to improve it, you know, for as long as I'm here.
0: With Los 49ers, I know we talked about you originally wanting to get into sports broadcasting because that's what you had seen and that's what you thought women in the NFL did. Yep. Did you have any hesitancies getting in front of the camera and sit stepping on stage? I mean,
1: the first time you step on like a real and like a nice studio, it's you're definitely gonna feel nervous. Luckily, in college, I took a lot of journalism classes, so that that helped me a lot. I'm super thankful that I have great uh, co-hosts and the Spanish broadcasters. Like they're super nice and accommodating, and I couldn't have asked really for a better team. Did you have any learning curve moments, especially
0: in that first season?
1: Oh, definitely. You know, just running a radio broadcast show, what does that mean? Uh what what is a an intro, a bumper, what you know, all of that was a hundred percent a learning curve and I had to learn it real fast. But ultimately, like from what like what it is today, it's it's so great. And and I hope fans listen in to 49ers.com and the app if they want to listen to their favorite team in Spanish, you know, for this season.
0: What is the process, start to finish, for preparing for, filming, editing a show like Los 49ers?
1: Yeah, so on on Tuesdays, Los 49ers and we have Jugadas Doradas, which is where um, our broadcasters break down the best plays of the game before. Uh, for Los 49ers, you know, when I was hosting it, it was It was, okay, what are the great storylines of the game? It was preparing my questions that I had um, for our guys to really break down. uh, Making sure that, you know, just simple things like cameras are all set up. Uh, Editing that, though is is nice because I know exactly what I'm going to ask so then I go back to my office I have that b-roll ready to place on top for jugadas doradas like I talk with the guys after the game and make sure that they've got the plays that they need and the b-roll that's that's needed to be accomplished and then for you know game days we're doing like a pre-game show now and um, it's providing our Spanish team The tools that they need, you know, to be successful. So B-roll packages, uh, we edit all the commercials that we work with partnerships with the week before. Yeah, it's that's just rattling off the top of my head, everything that we need to have accomplished, you know, to be successful with the Spanish content.
0: As the person to ask, what can fans expect from the Spanish language programming this season?
1: Yeah, um, so we actually got a new Spanish color commentator, Carlos Eustis, and he's from Telemundo. He's the sports anchor. He's so great. Uh, We still have Jesus Zarate, who is our play-by-play announcer. Um, Honestly, you can expect a fun broadcast. You can expect an in-depth broadcast. Um, These guys are true professionals. They make my job so much easier because what they say is just so knowledgeable of the team. They're also huge fans. So I, I really recommend you know our Latinx fans out there to, to go on 49ers.com and, and listen to their broadcast and listen to the content that we're going to have with them. This year we have uh, you know a, a Mexican-born player, Alfredo Gutierrez. Um, he's on our uh, practice squad, so hopefully we can also share content with him as well.
0: I'm curious, as the first person from studios on this podcast, what was your experience like last year? Because, I mean, we're all trying to forget 2020, but as a group that it's kind of fundamental to be there to film and to have people in front of your camera, what was that like not having access to maybe all the players or the field or to
1: your broadcasters? yeah honestly it was super challenging like just starting with the broadcast team like they had to um you know call a game from actually Levi's Stadium not not being able to be fully live in the game is is just is just so hard in itself like not even getting like crowd noise like that's that's so insane for them and and different uh for my team in general too like getting tested for COVID like you know weekly um Not being able to go on the team plane, having to fly commercial and worry about gear and whatnot. It was a super challenging year, not to mention that we were down um, two people as well. So being able to do our duties that were asked of us on a weekly basis, like I'm so proud. I'm so proud to like to be a part of 49er Studios. And just looking back at all the content that we did, like people have told me from different like teams like oh i can't believe you guys are only a team of four and i'm like you're right i can't believe it either but we got everything that we needed done and now this year you know it's 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 a lot better and and just content wise and access wise so we're we're super happy you mentioned traveling
0: with gear how much when you guys go on a road trip how much do you need to pack
1: oh man so luckily like most of the stuff makes it on our team plane (laughs) Um, but we at least pack like two huge red cases that, that's on the team plane. We have two tripod cases sometimes. We have uh, pelicans filled with other um, cameras that we may need. And this is not even counting um, what we pack for like a week-long trips. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of gear actually. As a four-person team, having all of yep. that
0: experience together, does that help you in knowing what angles the other person's probably going to shoot or do you have that all mapped out before a game or a practice
1: Yeah so we actually def- we definitely map everything out so we know who's going to be on top miking who's going to be on ground miking and and highlights and cutaways so i think the best why we're so success- successful is all the preparation that is put into um you know, preparing for that game day, we, there would be no shot that we got everything that we needed accomplished if we just showed up and we're like, okay, let's just shoot. So we know who's editing what and who's filming what. So, yeah, preparation is honestly key to being successful in the league.
0: Do you have a game day shot or responsibility that you like being on the most? Like you get excited because that's your day to be top mic or.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's super, that's a tough question. I mean, being like the person who's like on micing, like you get to hear everything that that person says and the conversations <laughs> that he has with, you know, important people on the team. So that's really cool. Um, I think my favorite though, has got to be like highlights though. Maybe I think I got to say highlights just cause I'm constantly watching what's happening and, and, making sure that I, that I get the shot. There's like no better feeling than like like a touchdown that's thrown right to you and you you get from the moment that the ball is snapped to it in the air to the player either catching it or running it into the end zone like that's such a cool feeling. So, I got to say highlights.
0: You had mentioned earlier you came from a football family. You clearly know knew the game before you got to the 49ers, but as you've mm-hmm. shot games, has your like anticipation of what could happen gone up? Like, have you, can you kind of start guessing plays?
1: Yeah, I think like when you first start out, um, I mean, depending on your experience, but you're not actually put on highlights like right away. So I started out with, with miking the players a lot at first in my first couple of years here. Um, but shooting highlights is a hundred percent in art and you can't really guess exactly where, where the ball is going. So I think that's what makes the feeling like so much better is like not knowing what's going to happen. And when you execute a really great highlight, you're just like, wow, I'm awesome. This is great.
0: (laughs) I wanted to finish the podcast. I think we do it every podcast with a lightning round. There is no limit on how fast or how long or short the answers need to be. But um, we just don't really have another name for the segment
1: yeah lightning round I love it (laughs) do you have a
0: favorite thing about the organization
1: favorite thing about the organization how they are starting to have more resources available for women and minorities in the workplace
0: do you have a favorite project you've worked on
1: Favorite project I've, work on, I've worked on probably has to be our hometown stories where my team gets to go to a player's hometown and film and interview them in their element with, you know, the people that grew up with them, their their family, their coaches, and putting it all together so that the fans know exactly, like, what this player had to go through to make it to the NFL. That's probably like my favorite type of project.
0: Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Do you have a thing you're most proud of during your time with the 49ers?
1: I think I'm most proud of my work ethic. I feel that being a woman and a minority – you know, in sports, like some days it can be really hard, you know, just just mentally as well as physically. And I think I'm just so proud that I never gave up because it has always been my dream to work in sports. And like, I still can't believe that I get to say that I do. So I'm most proud of my work ethic and my perseverance in this in this business space.
0: That might be your answer to the next one. but for someone who wants <laughs> to work in sports, what would your number one piece of advice be to them?
1: My number one pe- my number one piece of advice would be you have to be adaptable um, working in sports. You never know like when it's gonna be your time to shine or, or to come up. So it it's you're gonna be so much more valuable to a team if you can do, you know, many things. And also just to believe in yourself and in your dreams more than anything. Like never let someone's opinions of you change who you want to be like in life in general and and in, in your career.
0: Looking ahead, I mean, you've accomplished so much already. What's that like next thing you want to accomplish or you're looking to improve?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm always looking to improve as a shooter uh, during games, but in regards to Spanish, like I want to keep building the Spanish language content that we currently have and truly make it to be the best piece of content that that it could be whether it's maybe upping the production value on it or or just providing maybe just more pieces. Eventually I would love to have like more bilingual people working for me so that we could create, you know, this this vision that I have for it.
0: Let's say excluding the Super Bowl, what's your favorite away (laughs) game you've worked?
1: Oh, I got it. Uh the Seahawks game in 2019 when we traveled to Seattle and beat them in their own stadium. I will oh God, it was it was the most incredible away game experience ever just because as a you know as a diehard 49er fan (laughs) you want to beat the Seahawks and beating them at their home which is something that we haven't done in such a long time was a moment like that I will never forget
0: um I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus here but (laughs) some people uh might have almost missed the plane on the way back from Seattle once what is your most interesting travel story
1: Oh man. I mean, Oh, most interesting travel story. The most stressful story would definitely be that one. (laughs) How we were, you know, just enjoying our time in, in Pike market or whatever it's called and enjoying our meal and then realizing, Hey, it might actually take us a while to get back to this airport. And here we are. There's, I think there's four of us, me, Steven, um, Johnny Volk, um, someone else too and we are sprinting we are sprinting to this airport upstairs with all our gear and backpacks and me and johnny get there first and we're like can you please wait for my friends they are running (laughs) through the whole airport right now just to make it on this plane and we do so thank i'm super thankful for that guy for letting us on the plane still
0: do you have any away away game moments where you were like we are not in kansas anymore Oh, okay. Yeah, I can talk about
1: (laughs) the hardest game I've ever had to shoot was against the Baltimore Ravens. And that was also in 2019. It was so, it was like in November, I believe. It was freezing. It was raining. Oh my God. I remember shivering on the sidelines. And I think it was like Nick Bosa looked at me on the sideline and he just was like, I'm so sorry as I was shivering. (laughs) (laughs) and I remember they had heaters for the guys and I was just so jealous but we somehow pulled it through and um had a successful game um on our side so
0: what do you do when like it's raining like cameras are really expensive they're not waterproof like you are usually if you're miking someone you're wearing like headphones like how do you deal with a game that's not you know beautiful sunny california
1: Oh my goodness, well we definitely bring rain gear for the cameras. Um and then even sometimes with the rain gear like we have to also put like plastic bags like on the mics, like really make sure that no rain is really like hitting this camera hard because we've actually lost a camera when we played against Washington, I think it was. Like that game it poured and we and we beat them and I remember like even like our players were like sliding on the field. But um, one of the producers was like, yeah, our camera is definitely out of commission after that game. So it poured so hard. We believed him.
0: <laughs> Final question. It's my favorite one. Every job posting has that ominous other duties as assigned bullet point at the very end that I think they're hoping no one reads. Have you done something with the 49ers? I guess specifically with 49 ers studios that you weren't expecting. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like starting out with the Niners, like when I was an associate producer, I had no idea that I would have to, you know, really spearhead the Spanish language content just in general. So here I am doing my producer duties and also, you know, trying to to get Spanish language broadcast and the content off the ground, th- that was definitely the other duties that I did not really fully read. So that was pretty crazy.
0: And look at you now. It went so well. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy that it's it's still going strong. And like I said from the beginning of this podcast, I'm only looking to upgrade it and eventually hopefully we'll have a team dedicated to Spanish content. So it won't just be me and we can provide more content.
0: (laughs) Serena, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know you are running a million different places right now, so I I truly appreciate it. No
1: problem at all. Thank you for having me, and saludos to my Latinos out there. Um, I hope everyone has a great Latinx Heritage Month.